Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined today by Denny Carter and Patrick Crane. You may have noticed we did not have our weekly recap pod this week. We had to allow our writers some time to celebrate the holidays and, you know, quote, see their family, and <laughs> quote, not go insane, and all that. And, you know, Osho's telling me that I couldn't make Denny write any more uh, Ravens blurbs. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's actually, there's a federal limit on uh, 6,240 words per, <laughs> for Gus Edwards every season. I, I hit that. He's already hit it. So weeks ago. We've got five or six days at the end of the year. As long-time listeners know, we can't reveal if it's Monday or Tuesday, but Denny will be writing about Gus Edwards again, of course, <laughs> on January 1st, 2023. But So we didn't have the recap pod this week, so we've got Mr. Pat with us on what is typically kind of our waivers and a little bit of recap show. We're going to do a little more recapping than usual today, which is good since it's not a big waivers week again. We're on several weeks in a row of like really low wattage waivers weeks which is partly because we're getting to the end of the year some teams are kind of shutting down but this knock on wood there has been a continued lack of like major injuries like forcing people into like big time touch roles so low wattage of waivers but I, oh by the way too i was about to just get right into the news like really professional but maybe we should uh we were gonna riff thank god we were, you caught yourself there yeah i know uh we were talking about kind of how washed we were before the show because it sounds like Maybe the highlight of your Christmas gifts for both of you were was pants. Um, <laughs> yeah, pants. And, wow. Yeah. Uh, look, what, what kind? When you're when you're 39 years old and you open your Christmas gift, and it is a pair of khaki pants with an elastic waist. Oh no! Oh <laughs> you, no! You know you are what the kids are calling washed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Speaking right. of uh, elastic waist. I lost about four or five pounds when I had the flu. But let me tell you what, it was quite easy to gain it back over the past five it, years. It, it tends to be it tends to be easy to yeah. to gain it rather than to lose it. And so immediately upon opening this elastic uh wasted pair of pants, I went down and, and used my recumbent bike for eleven hours straight. <laughs> I I have been trying to to lose weight over the last uh Almost year. I've had some success. Mostly, I just haven't gained weight, which at this point does feel <laughs> that like counts a as a job. Yeah, it, it really dub. does. Now, Danny, I didn't know yours were khakis with an elastic band. Mine were ski pants uh, for oh. a ski trip that I'm taking. So that was, <laughs> you know, yeah, now after I injure cool. myself on the ski trip, I, I will enter <laughs> the, the true late stages of adulthood. But for now, you know, I feel young. I've got my ski pants. I'm going to Canada, and, there you I'm, go. and I'm hitting oh. the slopes. I refuse right. to go skiing and sprain my meniscus because that is a start or like dislocate my wrist. Um, maybe throw out my back. There's a lot of possibilities I could have. While the, back, the back's been talking back recently. It's, yeah. uh, it's got some words. It's what I recommend. All I'll say is physical therapy for your back will change your life. That's all I can all say, right. folks. Um, skiing, skiing is very scary. I, I'm not, I'm not experienced. My, my wife is an expert skier and, and our kids are learning to ski and they're quite good. I'm not good. I find it terrifying. So my when I when I go skiing with them, I usually stay in the lodge because really, why ski when I could just not ski? Because after uh, that, I don't know if it's too soon, but after that, Kennedy died while skiing. I just I couldn't do it. Uh, who who could? 
It was in the nineties, I think, but <laughs> and it really made, made an impact on you. Made quite an impression on me. Yeah. No, yeah, I just I can't I can't injure my knee again. I can't injure my back again. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to keep these hands in good blurbing order. <laughs> well, so be done. My girlfriend picked up skiing last winter. She had only done snowboarding a couple times in high school, and so we're kind of getting. So I'm kind of like, you know going back to the basics a little bit. I used to ski a little bit in high school and a little, you know, kind of maybe once a year. I kind of forget, are you from Delaware or New Hampshire? I can't remember. I'm from Delaware. So Delaware, you ski in the Poconos in uh, Pennsylvania. Like, you, I, I thought you could sneeze and ski in New Hampshire too. Um, I'm Yeah. There's good skiing in, in um, New England. There's, there's not good skiing in the Poconos, which are essentially uh, hills of ice. Yeah. <laughs> that you that you that you fly down as fast as you can because you cannot cut into the into the ice. You simply must glide over the ice at, at rocket speeds. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds lovely and like something I would just really want to do. It's fun when you're 17 years old. Yeah. Something yeah. I'd love to do with no experience at the age of 36. Can I just say that I never had a question as to whether Pat Corain was from New Hampshire because Pat Corain is way too well adjusted to be from New Hampshire. <laughs> 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 Like you're you're not weird enough. I'm sorry. I, you know, I don't know if that's if, if that's your goal at any point in life, but you're not nearly weird enough. You're not walking around with a tinfoil hat on or whatever people in New Hampshire do. So, you know, it's a very important person, very important state. Our current president is from Delaware. Maybe Pat, uh, the state of presidents. Maybe that's true. And Delaware you're over now, the age of thirty five now, by the way, too. If you don't think that Delaware uh, thinks this is a big deal that the current president is from Delaware, you are wrong. <laughs> Delaware is. Uh, <laughs> He's <laughs> making the most out of this I'll situation you know about right it. now. Uh, that's, by the way, I just thought of a, 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 as we talk about being horribly washed people in the 30s, you know, what really gets me on the holidays is for some reason my family has like a major like summer sausage and like cheese plate addiction. That's what really gets you. Hmm. That gets me worse than any of the other Christmas stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's bad. We do cheese grits, which is uh, a recipe healthy. my grandmother. My yeah. grandmother's from Virginia. She's got this thing. Now, Everyone in my family has, has continued to use this recipe. They've everyone cuts the butter, so but it's still so rich. Yeah. The original recipe, I think, is just all butter. Yeah, uh, the original re- like recipe is like an entire, you know, one entire like gallon drum of butter, right. or no, not forty-four gallon drum of butter, um, and you've cut that down to now twenty. And it's the still- key. <laughs> the key really is uh, to never eat anything that tastes good. I think that mm-hmm. that's if you yeah. just stick with that. That's how you that, optimize. It's a good process. Does it taste good? You know, you just have to ask you. Does this taste good? Then stop eating. As I say, as I'm going to eat some candy, candied pecans <laughs> after right. this show. I've just tried to eat less meals and then continue to eat the things that taste good. That's mm-hmm. that's my general goal. That might work. Yeah, that sounds like a modern scam that might right, work. Um, it only partially works, but <laughs> you know what? A modern scam that might work is is starting this show and the ultimate. Had to be moment of week, what is now, I guess, 17. The Broncos have fired Nathaniel Hackett after the 4-11 and 11 beginning to his coaching career. Uh, what is, you know, just, the, I've, this had to happen. I mean, is I think apparently only the third one and done of the 21st century, joining, of course, the fabled Bobby Petrino of the Atlanta Falcons, who literally left a note that he wow. was leaving <laughs> to go uh, to Arkansas to coach, just left a note that dad is going out for cigarettes. And he was at least honest. He, he did not say he was coming back. You got to uh, hand it to him. Yeah. You got to hand it to him. Yeah, yeah. to him. He left for cigarettes and was upfront that he would not be coming back. And of course, our dear friend Urban Meyer from the 2021 Jacksonville Jaguars. But Nathaniel Hackett's just been overwhelmed since day one on the job. And, and now the question turns to Russell Wilson and how in the world they can salvage this situation because they can't cut Russell Wilson or trade Russell Wilson unless they're willing to have like more debt than I don't know, like the, every Western bank after issue, just printing money after COVID. Am I right? No, uh, am I, right? I don't know anything about money or debt. Inflation, There's a salary uh, cap here. So it's yeah. another <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know anything about how monetary policy works, but uh, they can't <laughs> cut Russell Wilson basically uh, wouldn't work. So what is a realistic salvage plan for this team? And what kind of coach uh, should they hire? Uh, who wants to take this first? I'm sure this is a lovely topic that you want to talk. Well, I mean, I do think it's interesting that they they did have to fire him because I had kind of a theory that, you know, you've got this new ownership group. You have a GM. I think the GM's in the second year in the job. Um, second or third. Second or third, but trying to, you know, obviously save his own job. So it would make sense, actually, in some ways to, like, have kept Hackett in place. 
And then you're starting fresh with a new coach next year. And it's like, it was all Hackett, obviously. Russ is going to be good. But Russ is going to look terrible for the rest of this season as well. Under, Only two you games. You know, the interim but... coach. Only two games. But Hackett had just been so, so bad. And the team was just falling apart that, you know, they obviously had to make the move. But, yeah, it's it's – what kind of sell can you really make for, like, a new coach to come in? I don't think you're getting one of the top offensive candidates, right? I mean – is there any ch- can Sean Payton convince himself that no. he can have Drew Brees type success? No, no, I mean, no. It no. used to kind of be Russell Wilson's game where he was pretty accurate and efficient, and he could hit deep balls down the field when he needed to. But that's just like all been gone. This okay. year. I, 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 I think Sean Payton would if he were on this show, and if he's listening, Sean, if you're listening, I'm sure you're laughing. You're la- you're having a good laugh. Yeah, because it, he's not he's not saving up his his uh, capital, his coaching capital for this the worst situation in, in pro sports. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, he might think it's a better situation than like the Colts. They have instance. no draft picks. They're, they're, they're chained to a, a terrible quarterback. The best the Broncos can do is to hire uh, some like young, hungry coach. They just, just did. They just did that though. Just, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. They, 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 they took a guy who would be Find someone hungrier. Yeah. They would, they would take a guy who was bait. Uh, also, he's not young. Yeah. Right? He's not young, but you know he was he was a hungry first. I'm talking time about I'm talking about a thirty year old. I'm talking about Sean like a McVay type type hire. Well, there's no way they're going to do that. By the way, huh? what'd you say? Does McVay have any kids? That that's the type of right, right. Yeah, he, he, I think he has a two year old. Uh, so we <laughs> have to look into that. Six year old shameless McVay. But, like so, so, big challenge. <laughs> someone, uh, someone who who will come in and make it so that uh, the quarterback doesn't matter. Because that that's the the only way that the Seahawks were ever good with Russell Wilson is when is when they uh, de-emphasized his role in in the offense. The one time, and I, I know you guys are old enough to remember this, they let Russ cook. In the end, it was catastrophic. Well, it and, was really good, like the the appetizer and like the salad, and then the main course arrived. It, and like the restaurant burned down. Yeah, so Pete, you know, Pete Carroll knew, and and he knew what we none of us knew, which you can't base an offense on Russell Wilson. Like you, you have to make it so that, like with Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, they don't matter. It doesn't matter who's quarterback for the Niners. Anybody can do it. Literally anybody. Yeah, so, the Mike McDaniel would be like if they because Mike McDaniel wasn't like a particularly sought after coach, right? I mean, he was he up and was. coming, but yeah, he, he kind of was, but he wasn't like the name you know and has obviously turned out to be a really good hire but they kind of need someone like that who can i think maybe a shanahan style system is what you need here the other issue with russ what every team means is a shanahan style system probably russ being he turns 35 next november mm. like that is you it's a tough sell you're you're taking your first season as the broncos uh, head coach your quarterback who's coming off a horrible year is turning 35 years old I mean, I don't know, but I do, I do worry about if the Broncos can recover at all because their running game is absolutely terrible. You know, are, are they yeah. going to? They, They're going to use the their second thing, round pick on a running back. By the way, I would just take that as an article of faith. Well, I mean, they have Javante Williams coming back from injury, so that would be that would be a catastrophe. I'm not do, saying they won't do it. It's going to be the Seahawks that. method. They just need to go the full Seahawks method. I think they honestly, I think instead of trying to find the next McVeigh or Shanahan. LaFleur, I think they need to recreate the Seahawks. They need to hire a hard-ass retread coach who just has no respect for Russell Wilson. It's like, yeah, sorry, man. Like, you got to just, like, do nothing. And Because they've got a good enough defense, and they could have a good enough running game pretty quickly, I think. And they still have two solid-ish receivers. Yeah. I think they I think they need to go really old school is frankly what I believe. They did I, go really um, old school this year though. They were not really. Not, I mean Nathaniel Hackett does not have an old school personality. He's a doormat. Sure. He's a total like I think we're seeing sometimes the virtues of like I don't think this is a situation like that like a whiz kid like I'm a really nice friendly Kevin O'Connell guy <laughs> is going to solve and like we're seeing occasionally why you need a hard ass. You, you, you're and, saying Mike Zimmer needs to come in. I, honestly, yes. Uh, I, I kind of am. Or maybe Gary Kubiak for like the fifth time. He's not really a hard ass. Maybe he can have his fifth tour of duty with the Broncos. They got to hire a retread. I, I actually am a firm believer in this. I've never obviously uttered these words in my entire life. But 
I just do not think it's going to work with it. Cannot be. I, this is a situation where I, I categorically cannot be a first time head coach. There are so many fires probably going on in that locker room. Like it cannot, it has to be someone who has experience, like the interpersonal dynamic, like controlling a locker room, basically. Well, I, I know I'm sounding, no, I no, said no. I'm 36 and I know I'm making myself sound 72. No, 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 you're right though. It, it's not just the on-field situation. It's the off-field situation. It's the fact that the entire team hates the highest paid guy, right? Like like they, they, there's like a clear, clear disdain for Russell Wilson during plays, during plays, players are saying, what are you doing? You know, Cortland Sutton was doing this against the Rams. It's, it's remarkable. So you, you're going to have to walk into a situation and put out those fires. The, the, the off field stuff is more concerning, honestly, than the on field stuff. And that's saying something. Yeah. I guess what I would just say, I agree with everything you're saying about the off field stuff. I would just like note that the Broncos generally did play fairly conservative this year, or they were like, they were like, really dedicated to balance they just refused i i guess they were dedicated to balance but pat i think you could tell it was like kind of like in a nonsensical way like there was no yes in a nonsensical way yeah yeah it wasn't like kind of like a matt lafleur balance or even if you don't necessarily agree with like the way the packers run their offense you can tell there's like a grander vision at play uh or it seemed like with nathaniel hackett who came from that system He's just like, well, we were usually pretty balanced in Green Bay. So I guess that just means call 50% runs and 50% passes, right? The sequencing doesn't matter, right, guys? Yeah, and and, and from that perspective, I think anything's better. Like a Steve Wilkes guy, kind of guy who comes in and, I mean, I think he's fairly old school and has just gone full establish it with the Panthers. And it's kind of worked. I mean, so Three, I, I am open to that. yards at halftime against the Lions for the Panthers. Yeah, um, they got to do. They got to. The balance thing is not working. You got to go extreme one way or another. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't. It's just a class two balance for the sake of balance doesn't get you anywhere. The sequencing is very important. And Nathaniel Hackett uh, didn't seem like he knew how to sequence an offense uh, whatsoever. So they got to hire, bring back John Fox. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, is there are there any good retreads, retreads? How do you say it? Um, is a retread a retreat, by the way? It's retread. retread. All right. Um, is there any good retreads out there? I can't think of any. <laughs> is, uh, is Bill Parcells alive? He he would he would be friggin' perfect, but he's 80. Uh, he would be like the guy for the job, to be honest. Guess who's a Bill Parcells acolyte? Sean Payton. Well, after what Matt Patricia's shown with Mac Jones, maybe they could bring in him. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. What about is Vrabel got any guys? That's kind of what you're saying, right? You need like a variable. Yeah, you kind of need a variable type. Yeah, I mean, is there a Tomlin? Tomlin doesn't have any good. Um, Tomlin doesn't doesn't have much of a coaching tree because he always has the same offensive coordinator for like nine years. Yeah. Um, Try to think. Yeah, there's no good reach. Yeah, they should hire a first-time head coach. I think I think that's pretty obvious that they should hire like a first-year guy with no experience, and no one's laughing. Uh, well, so. look, I, what I meant was someone who would get creative with the with, with the system, but who I guess who who also would need, as you said, to be a hard ass. You know? The thing is, I don't think there's any room for creativity here anymore because I think he's just that bad, and like the creativity is just going back to pretending that Russell Wilson is like not the quarterback and is just someone to be ashamed of. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the on-field stuff, I like, you know, forget about the off-field for a second. The on-field, the key to the on-field stuff is just making it so that Russell Wilson doesn't have to do anything. Yes. Maybe Norv Turner. But this, this really was the worst of both worlds because they were running the ball really inefficiently. And then they were passing like a decent amount in these, you know, suboptimal passing situations. So like, if you're not going to have them do, like there's there's a couple different ways to do this. Like the way the Lions do this, I think is super sharp, where they they are trying to hide golf, but they do set him up for success. That would be my preferred strategy. Bring in, hire the Lions OC. That there's your hire. Now it's just, it's got it is it's just so complicated because it has to be clear. I mean, yeah. we're not inside that locker room. It would certainly appear Russell Wilson is not held in high regard right now by either his coaches or his teammates. No, and it has to be someone who's coming in. As like who's been like given the assignment, like yeah, you need to like take yeah. over the locker room. And and if I was uh, advising anyone to take this job, especially a young offensive mind, I would tell them do not, do not do it. Yeah, yeah, no, don't do it. No. But real quick before we put a bow on this, is there anywhere that we want Sean Payton to end up? I think we all wanted the Chargers, but now they're gonna like make the playoffs, so it's probably out. Um, 
anywhere good for Sean Payton to go? Well, do I, we I don't the think the Chargers are out completely for Sean Payton. Like, I, I, I could see. Yeah, they are. Out. If they make the playoffs, they're out. They're not going to fire him. They're not going to fire the fake analytics guy. <laughs> Everybody's a fake analytics guy once they struggle with the analytics. It's true, actually. There's not, <laughs> not a real analytics guy in the entire NFL. I think we probably should admit that. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm going through those teams. I don't see anywhere like that. Man, Sean Payton to the Jags would have been amazing, but Doug Peterson's not going anywhere. The Colts, we have no idea. He's going to – he might have to just take off another year because the Cowboys job isn't going to be open. Well, maybe the Cowboys job will be. I guess if they lose in the wild card. Round, if the, if they lose the wild card, it's it's over for McCarthy. That'd be a good one. I mean, and they obviously won them. Cowboys would be the dream, I guess. The Chargers were my dream. But that's not happening. I'm I mean, telling you, there's a small chance if 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 they lose in the first round, I think the Chargers could come up with a, with an excuse to get rid of Staley. I don't want him to go to the Chargers. He's just gonna he might retain Lombardi. He's just gonna be the same thing. Yeah, producer Adam mentions this could be a really. I mean, what about to Arizona? Because talk about another team that seems like they need a coach to take control of the locker room. Yeah, where the word some people have been using the phrase "coach killer" when it comes to Kyler Murray. Yeah. I, um, seems well, like he's uh, not really the coach, the, coach killing, the coach killing can only go so far. You you can't you can't coach kill Sean Payton. You no, can't you can't, you can't do it. No, he's he's too highly regarded. Arizona yeah, Cliff's defense is not particularly strong <laughs> as far as uh, <laughs> no, coach so killing right. goes. Yeah, it wasn't very hard to kill him. That is true. Uh, he's like the guy. No offense to Cliff Kingsbury, but he's the classic. He gets eaten by the dinosaur thirty minutes into the movie. Or is, yeah, are or you calling lawyer? him Newman in Jurassic Park? Is that oh yeah, or yeah, he's the lawyer on the toilet in Jurassic Park. Oh, I think that's a, that's a little deeper into the movie. I think, but uh, so, uh, I, I think he's more Newman. Yeah, I think he he's trying to coax the dinosaur and like Newman's the near the end of the movie though. That's near the yeah. end, you know, like stuff's already gone haywire. It's a horrific death. What's the name of the, What's the name of the island? Isla Nubar or whatever. I know that's how you pronounce the word. That's what they say in the movie though. I, anyways, we probably need to move on. Uh, Two attack of a law, guys. I don't know if you heard of him. Has only six touchdowns and five interceptions over his past four starts. He threw picks on each of his final three drives on Christmas Day against the Green Bay Packers as the Dolphins let a fourth straight game slip away all against teams in the playoff mix. Is the real concern here? If teams kind of finally figured out Tua and this Kyle Shanahan system where it produced an 84-yard touchdown when things are going well on Sunday is this kind of like the Dolphins and Tua like not adjusting back to the inevitable adjustments? Is it just like the arm strength concerns like rearing their ugly head? Like what is it? And are we actually concerned with Tua's really shaky recent play? I I am uh, very concerned. And I, I, I think I expressed some concern on a podcast last week. I can't remember which one, but uh, yeah, I mean, if Tua can't, you know, get this thing going as, as he had it back in September and October, then it just crushes uh, guys' fantasy value. If you look at the, let's see, the past four weeks, you have Tua with the league's fourth lowest completion rate over expected. This is an area where he was thriving earlier in the season. He's now in the... Living his best life, Denny. He, right. He's now in the Matt Ryan, uh, Trace McSorley area of the uh, <laughs> completion rate over expected. Um, I, I, you know, from what, from what I've seen in, in, in film breakdowns, obviously I would never watch a game, but it film breakdowns, uh, you know, you, the teams are taking away middle of the field, start, start cough laughing at you there. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, taking away middle of the field stuff that they were crushing early in the season, talking about the dolphins and they're right. Like you said, Pat, the second, a second ago, there's been no counter adjustment or very, a very little counter adjustment. Maybe there is no counter adjustment because of two is limitations pat i mean how do you feel because i don't it's i don't want to believe that like Tua is like getting figured out but i mean i don't know what else you call the pat i mean you get figured out and then you figure them back out what would you agree with denny concur with denny six to three decision against denny <laughs> i'm not that worried about it from a fantasy perspective i mean that, i, think I that, meant to make that point in fantasy he is still getting home by and large yeah uh and like I don't, I kind of don't want them to figure it out from a fantasy perspective. Like just force it. It, it was working for us. It might not work <laughs> as well for you going forward. And you know there has there have been some Benjamin Solak had a good breakdown of you know the Chargers taking away the middle of the field on various routes. But like one of the the throws he was supposed to make to the outside, he scrambled. And like when I see that, I'm like, cool, dude, run run that play a lot. 
<laughs> like that's like maybe it's bad he's not hitting the outside throw but if you scramble <laughs> i would love for you to run that play more and like if you look at what's happening in terms of we only care about two receivers in this i mean we definitely only care about two receivers but it would be a shame i guess to not have Mostert and wilson as as starbuck but they're splitting so it's like we don't even really have a running back here that we're that worried about anyway it's just waddle and hill you look at through the first 15 weeks of the season uh receivers uh, receiving yards on balls that traveled at least 10 plus yards through the air in the middle of the field. So this, the middle of the field stuff that's getting taken away. Waddle leads the league with 527 yards and Tyreek Hill was second in the league with 512 yards. Gabe Davis was third with just 369. So a massive gap down to the third place guy. Obviously this is, this is what they want to do and teams are rightly trying to take it away. But last week Tyreek Hill had 89 yards on these throws led the NFL Jalen Waddle. Had 84 yards on the on the same types of throws. Second in the NFL, uh, Kelsey was more there. specifically one throw for Jalen. One, hey, you know, one throw you take it to the house. I mean, but that is why the throw you're talking about is so the 84 yard touchdown. Um, all 84 yards came on that throw, but that's why we care so much about these throws. He's able to get the ball going full speed across the middle field, go up, score. They, these throws are are milly milly making throws. They really are, and and they yeah they're continuing to force them. It's way less efficient. It's creating uh, interceptions. His inability to throw the outside is also creating problems. I think I can't tell if he just really badly missed the last interception. It was supposed to be over the middle of the field or it was actually an outside throw. But either way, yeah, two is definitely throwing up some red flags right now. But no strength limitations, Patrick. Yeah, I, I guess like what does it change? You're you're I think still pretty optimistic about Waddle and Hill next week, even against the Patriots. Um, and to uh, man, I forgot the Patriots and the Jets to end the oh. year. Are we really optimistic? I, I think the Patriots know, are more susceptible than the Jets, they are, but this is still even in like his down bad year. This is still the kind of quarterback like Bill Belichick's been like chewing up and like spitting out. I'm really worried about the Dolphins uh, for fantasy purposes this week. I, 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 think I have them ranked in the top 10, I will still say that. I, I, I think New, New England has the ability to completely snuff out this offense. I have a few bones to pick Pat, but you 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 said we only care about two receivers and the Dolphins. How dare you imply Denny doesn't care about Trent Sherfield? That's probably <laughs> the only. Uh, um, I think he doesn't. Dolphin. The only like, Dolphins. No, no. The only like Dolphins receiver on he cares about. The only Dolphins receiver he cares about. Listen, after 16 weeks, I've decided I'm out on Trent Sherfield. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, had another stray point from this game. It's really weird. Tua. I think Pat, to your point, where they're kind of just like sticking with it, even though it's not necessarily working. Tua. Really, really random, probably pointless stat. But Tua's amount of completions over the past four games are 18, 10, 17, and 16. And, you know, completing under 60% of his throws in three of those four games, where it's almost just like they know they're getting diminishing returns on these plays, but the upside is so high, they're just, like, still trying to hammer it. And, yeah, maybe a little, not just Tua, like maybe kind of a lack of a coaching plan B from Mike McDaniel, which – has not yeah. been the case for most years. He's been doing an amazing job, and I think he is a great coach and play caller. But maybe like kind of like the first adversity uh, of Mike McDaniel's like head coaching career, and we can't blame it all on Tua. And maybe got me some coaching adjustments here too. I agree with that, especially with William Belichick um, the third. Uh, it's not his name actually. Uh, guy, we're going to move on to the Philadelphia Eagles and my new my new fantasy enemy. I'm just not going to lie, Miles Sanders. Can Miles Sanders still be trusted as an RB2? Crane, you watched this game on Christmas Eve. Thank you so much for that, by the way. Uh, you're a legend. Uh, we love you. We love you. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate you it. wrote in your postgame blurb on Christmas Eve of Miles Sanders that he seeded five straight goal line carries in the first half. I was like, what? I did. Because uh, I did not see most of this game. Not goal line. It. If I did, I say goal line. Red zone. I, Five straight red, red zone. Yeah, your red zone. And then, and then he was, of course, not on the field in the hurry up because he never is. Uh, so uh, one of my hopes, like going back to Miles Sanders after his Week 15 fiasco, is like, all right, Jalen Hurts isn't playing. He'll at least be the goal line back. And he's not even the goal line back. Uh, can we trust Miles Sanders as an, an RB two for fantasy finals week or? Has he's had two straight, like really unique, kind of like different fantasy fiascos? Like he's failing like every which way right now. Can we really trust him as an RB2 against the Saints this weekend? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the issue with Sanders is that, like, we've never been able to trust him all year. Yeah, it's just or, I mean, your, all career. Let's get this straight. Not all yeah, year. all career. I mean, he, the guy told us not to draft him, and we listened. But he's been I able didn't. to put up. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, he was pretty cheap when you did take him. Uh, he, he, what, he's had, like, three massive games, and that's it. So you're you're putting him in the lineup and hoping for one of those massive games. I think, he, you know, he could get there. The the goal line stuff was definitely concerning. That was a, a Kenny Gainwell run um, to get them down to first and goal, three more runs from Kenny Gainwell. And they got down to the one and then Gardner Minshew took it in on the, the, the quarterback sneak, which they execute so well. So we never saw Sanders, um, which is obvious. I mean, that's Watched by Gardner Minshew in the fantasy semifinals. Yeah, that's definitely concerning, but uh particularly with Hertz back, you know, you think maybe they would lean on the run game a little bit more and try to protect Hertz. So I think that ceiling is is still there. And then Minshew, you have to be encouraged about what he showed just in terms of the ability to facilitate the offense. I mean, the Cowboys are a pretty tough defense, tougher than the Saints, I think. 2023 Broncos starter, Gardner Minshew. Uh, Denny, do you have any Miles Sanders thoughts? So Pat put a pretty nice bow on it. <laughs> I, I was afraid that the uh, the bad vibes from week 15 would carry over into week 16. And by that, of course, I mean Nick Sirianni dressing down Miles Sanders on the sideline uh, after, I believe it was a costly fumble uh, the week the week before. It, it did. Yeah. It did carry Almost over. Almost against the Cowboys, too, in case you're keeping count at home. It did. Uh, it was uh, – I, I, I feel like – it's hard to measure just how much the team does not like or trust Miles Sanders, but it was clear in Kenny Gainwell's uh, high value touch usage uh, that this past week. So I, I, this is not what you want to hear, Pat. I, I, I want, I want to tell you, don't worry. Everything's fine. Miles Sanders locked in for 20 touches this week, but you know, no one can think that like he's a very risky option. Yeah. That the fumble point is, is a really good one too. Cause we do need to, to note that he, he fumbled in this game. He kind of, it's like one of the situations you can't say that he cost them the game. I was gonna say, he, he may have cost them the game, quote unquote. <laughs> they were, they were down three. He fumbled and it was like, there was not that much time left. It, it was at the beginning of a drive, but he fumbled. And then the Cowboys had it in scoring position. Dak ran out of bounds on uh, like <laughs> quarterback scramble. I was, wondering what was go- I was watching the game on mute with my family and like, I don't know if I understand what happened there, but it sort of seemed like no he shouldn't did. have run out of bounds. No, they were like, why did he do that? Like, in real time, it was like, what? It was one of those things where I was like, I was like half watching and Christmas Eve mingling, and I was like, why did he run out of bounds? <laughs> there was no explanation. So they ended up having, like, they didn't have enough time to run out the clock, so they are enough downs. So they uh, they kicked a field goal. Minshew drove them down. They didn't ever really get that close to scoring touchdown, but you know they looked frisky on the final drive. It makes you think, like, okay, if they had to go down and just kick a field goal to go to overtime, they could have. So, I mean, I I think you if you're Siriana, you got to be gutted by that fumble. I want to just real quick, just tracking back to our Tua conversation, real quick. Uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network is reporting that Tua is in the concussion protocol and in question for this coming week against Patriots. Just update here. Yikes. Teddy Bridgewater did recently get healthy, so he would be the starter, not Skylar Thompson. Would be tempting to say you could stream Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't think you want to stream a guy kind of on short notice against the New England Patriots. Even though the Patriots' defense has proven to be a bit of a paper tiger, that just feels like that Especially if the system's been figured out. Yeah, good point. Let me tell you something about this game, folks. It's uh, I feel like I now uh, am concerned about uh, both Tua and Hill. I'm not Tua. And Tua, after the the drama earlier this year, probably will not be getting cleared. So, uh, egads. Miles Sanders. I can't say if it's Monday or Tuesday, but I do my initial rankings on Tuesday morning. Without looking at it, I don't think I'm going to have him in the top 24. But like a lot of times I'll think that kind of thing on Monday and I'll sit down and be like, oh my gosh, yeah, he's still in the top 24, uh, just depending on the realities of the board. But I do not think I'll have him in the top 24. I do think that we will be right back after this. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen during bowl season and in the Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Steelers and Ravens and our Sunday night seven contest. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Guys, I just mentioned the Premier League. I'm sure you're watching the Boxing Day fixtures all day on USA and Peacock, right? Yeah. That's right. You guys don't like soccer because you're losing. No, I was watching. I was I was driving, but I, I was watching it. Uh, no, I was driving up. So you know, Pat, actually, uh, instead of, you know, what is it? Boxing Day soccer Boxing match? Day. The I, uh, thing. You know what I, you know, I watched today uh, while I, you know, kicked around a little bit. I watched a replay of the 2021 Bay Hill Open. Uh, wow! I really, really hope the lo- the lawyers listening to this <laughs> on because were you wearing your khaki pants while you did so? I I was, and I was wearing a visor. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. Deeply, deeply troubling. I was watching some Aston Villa and Liverpool. You got to watch soccer on USA, NBC, and Peacock. I, I I seriously do do this every week. Um, love the Premier League. Do not love Zach Wilson, who has been benched for what feels like the millionth time this season. Is there any chance the man who was benched for Chris Strebler and I'm watching on Bezos TV Thursday night and legit just had no idea. Chris, Chris Strebler was on the jets and it's like all of a sudden he's, he's in the game. Denny did. You had him in showdown lineups and I <laughs> went back through a slack later and found out you guys were talking about this, but I was just watching the game. Like, I'm like, I guess Chris Strebler's on the jets and I guess he's instantly playing better than Zach Wilson. This seems bad. He's way um, better, way better than Wilson. Way, 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 way better. Is there any chance? I don't even know why we're talking about this, but is there any chance that Zach Wilson is back as Jets starter in 2023, or is like a training camp competition maybe the best he can hope for at this point? This feels like a truly broken situation. Well, what's the? There can't really be a trade market for Zach Wilson, right? I mean, so he's there. So then. I think Who's he? they also said you couldn't trade Sam Darnold and someone like Trump right. Like that's him. why I kind of hesitated because maybe yeah. maybe someone's crazy enough to do it. Uh, but man, you see the other quarterbacks coming in, especially White, but even Flacco's been able to put up some points and stuff. Where it's like, man, this system's pretty friendly. So I don't see how it's a shanty system. It's like it's like Brock Purdy is literally just put, instantly putting up points in this. Yeah. System. So. Who's talking themselves into? Oh, these guys don't know what they're doing. They, you know, they're they don't know how to how to set up a system friendly for a quarterback. I'm going to be able to to fix this guy. Like you really got to have an ego. So I don't know. I, I think he's there. And then who's competing with him? It's got to be somebody. Mike White's a free agent. So maybe White. it's going to be some real sadness when they give him like a two year thirty million deal <laughs> and he's the starter and it's horrible, horrible, horrible. Minshew, could they get Minshew? There's yeah, Min- look at Minshew's they're, contract. They wish. They wish. They probably could. <laughs> but that's the type of guy they should be bringing in as, as competition. Like someone who they could plausibly start as like a bridge quarterback for next season. I think the best case scenario for him is that it's a competition. And I mean, a true best case scenario would be that it's a competition rigged in his favor. I don't think he's going to get a competition rigged in his favor. He might get a competition where they, there's like, they give themselves like whatever. If the kids like lights out this summer, maybe we'll give him one more chance. But I mean, we, we pull the plug on quarterbacks like far too early a lot of time. It seems like Zach Wilson, like this is not 
Like, there's no room to grow here, basically. And that Denny yeah. is the ultimate hater, and now he's going to weigh in. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I come on. It, you're telling me anybody watched Zach Wilson for the past two years and said, oh, I, I see a little something. I see I see some development. No, there's no little Drew Locke. There's nothing there. Like I like well, I don't know what the what what the big deal was for him in coming out of college. Like what he they, beat Coastal Carolina. I right. don't know. It was, it was on ESPN, the regular ESPN. Uh, so I don't know I, if you saw this. Also, you know, the, the reports over the past few months is that Zach Wilson has the yips and has had the yips since mm-hmm. uh, you know before the season started. And I I see that in his throws. Like yes, he, he is not confident in anything that he's doing he he has a strong arm theoretically like we we've seen that but he he throws these lobs 25 yards downfield like he's chad pennington after his fourth shoulder surgery you know come on um you know he he looks terrible he also does this thing on on deep balls where he winds up this big dramatic thing and (laughs) what you're talking about and and he lets it rip and his and the right side of his body comes through the throw like he's a pitcher. Like it's like he, Taysom Hill when he throws, it's kind of crazy. He looks he looks like Mike Mucina from the Orioles in the nineties, throwing. You know how Mucina's right side of his body used to really get like really whip into motion and they, uh, t- uh, teaching teaching kids to to do exactly what Mike Mucina did, uh, which was get into a fielding position. Zach Wilson's getting into a fielding position when he throws. They, he's he's broken. It's like, kind of prudent, actually, given how many interceptions he's thrown. That, that's, <laughs> that's how Denny got thoracic outlet syndrome. By the way, look it up if you're not a baseball. Fan. I don't know what that means, but anyway, uh, I, I I do I think that he's a completely failed project, and uh, there's there's nowhere to go there. Last in the league in EPA per play last year, so at least at least efficient quarterback in the league as a rookie, which he was a rookie. Also worse this year, <sighs> worse than Baker Mayfield. He was the worst in completion percentage over expected last year. Only Baker Mayfield has been worse this year. So Davis Mills, more accurate, more efficient than Zach Wilson each of the last two seasons. It's, it's been pretty rough. I think what you made the great point where by far the most damning aspect is this is in. So we thought in theory, it'd be a quarterback friendly system. Then we saw in practice, it'd be a quarterback friendly system with just random guys with Joe Flacco with Josh Johnson last year had a good game. Yeah, He looked great in the system. Mike White has now had good games and back-to-back seasons in this system. I mean, Chris Strebler came in and had four first downs on his first drive, which was more than Zach Wilson had produced in the first three quarters. Like it's not, you can get yards in the system because it's a Kyle Shanahan system. That's the whole point of a Kyle Shanahan system is that, like the baseline for the quarterback is as much higher than it is in other systems. And he's not coming anywhere close to even reaching the baseline. And it's a real problem. And yeah. we're, we're ending his career early. What could possibly go wrong? We've never been wrong about anything like this before. Uh, Josh Allen sends me his regards. <laughs> I, Josh Allen was not, he was splashing things at this point. Yeah. Josh Allen uh, made the playoffs as a sophomore. And, yeah. And two, yeah, he, he put the team on his back against the Texans, and then he did, sure, single-handedly lose the game. Uh, but he was at least in the playoffs as a sophomore. Zach Wilson, no. I also think, like, you – because this system can have a guy like Mike White step in and and Brock Purdy, you know, and you can have these guys be productive. And you, so, theoretically, you could spend very little money on the quarterback and, you know, kind of have – build the team around the defense the way they want to and, you know – bring in great skill position players. If you're going to have what, like if you were to keep Wilson around as a highly drafted guy, he would eventually become very expensive. Like you do need a massive ceiling. Like the, there's no point in I, like, he's just shown no signs of turning into like an elite quarterback. And, and that should be the bar. You know, yes. if you can have like very solid replacement level quarterback from kind of cast offs and veterans, you know, I, I just think you do have to be, evaluating Wilson through the perspective of is, is this guy ever going to turn into an elite franchise quarterback? And I think very clearly, no. no. Mike White, by the way, I mean, it's a small sample size, but I think he might be one of those classic, like let's be a legend backups who can have 400 yards, but just has so little regard for his body that he gets, gets hurt. Like, so he gets hurt like every game. Bring in all of them. Let's bring in Minshew and White. (laughs) 
All you the know. Let's Be a Legend backups. All the yeah. Let's Be a Legend backups. <laughs> let's Be Legends backups. Minshew's <laughs> also a free agent, by the way, so you can you can bring him both. Hell yes. Minshew's going to... Minshew's competing for a starting job somewhere in 2023, and it'll go very poorly, but it's happening. Uh-huh. One of those places be Seattle. I just, real quickly, do you think Geno Smith is playing his way out of a starting job in 2023? Ben Baldwin, uh, Mr. Analytics or Analytics King, friend of all of us on Twitter, he was, he was a big Gino rooter. He's a Seahawks partisan. Uh, his data was kind of ahead of the curve, like the Gino comeback season. But he pointed out today, through weeks one through five, Gino was number one in pro football focus grade, number five in EPA per play. Since week six, number 21 on PFF, number 22 in EPA, much more Gino-ish. Uh, do we think, is there, any, I don't think he should be the Seahawks starter in 2023, but he's had a good year. But do you guys think he's maybe playing his way out of that possibility? I don't know if if the Seahawks ever really thought that like, oh, this is a, a medium term solution. You know, I, I, I think, you know, they're, they're going to have a high draft pick because of the Broncos. Right. They, this this coming year. Um, uh, probably the number one overall pick. You, at this point. you, you take a <laughs> right. I'm just, so you, you you take a quarterback, you maybe keep Gino as a as as a week one starter or or some sort you know some sort of a helping hand with the with the rookie, depending on who you take. Anyway, that it's no it, it, clearly teams have adjusted to what the Seahawks were doing. Also, the lack of a threat of a viable running game completely exposes Gino and the passing game. We've seen that over six to eight weeks now. That's true. I agree. I think, yeah, make him your Mitch Trubisky. Draft someone. That's a really good point. Make him Mitch. And Stopey's a little better than Mitch, though. Um, he is a little better than Mitch. He's a little yeah. better than Mitch. Yeah. Looks like the Seahawks, by the way, it's going to be like the number three or four pick right now from the Broncos. So the, the Texans have the number one pick. Off the top of your head, do you know who has who's in line for the number two pick right now? I don't think you can guess. It's not the Rams? It's not the, it's not the Rams. Where no. are the Rams? They're like six or seven okay. since they're five and I guess ten. They, did just win. they keep accidentally winning games. Yeah. Uh, the number two pick right now is the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. We've been like so excited about them because they've actually been fun to watch, but uh, they have three wins. Maybe <laughs> maybe they could get one receiver. Yeah, that's true. They're looking very That'd strongly at the, very powerfully. They get a receiver. <laughs> just one. Looking right. very, very powerfully at this. Uh, we're moving on to waivers time now. Denny Carter, Patrick Corain. We'll go to Denny with the lead on this. You mentioned a few players you want to talk about, then um, I had to add some more serious players, Denny. Uh, this is supposed to be like an informational <laughs> show. Uh, no, but you, there's not interesting quarterback streamers a lot of weeks. You think there are two interesting quarterback streamers this week. I agree. Uh, we'll yeah. begin with Gardner Minshew. If he gets the start at the New Orleans Saints, it could be Jalen Hurts. Right. I don't know why it would be Jalen Hurts. I mean, he could clearly probably play if it was a must-win situation. It is anything but a must-win situation for the Eagles. Yeah, it, right. And so, you know, obviously Hurts is still in play. Uh, so just keep keep tabs on that. Um, you know, Minshew was fantastic. He's everything everything we could have hoped for in week 16 against against the Cowboys. He was. I mean, I told a lot of people, like, I was like, no, play Trevor Lawrence still. And I've just been, like, haunted. Well, they, like, I, I would have said the same. I, I, I think, you know. It's sick to my stomach. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sick about that. Lawrence still got there with, with the rushing stuff. He got the rushing. Right. He got the rushing tutter, which, by the way, I said ironically – Okay, I know people have been reviewing it's the show. Real, yeah. There's there's yeah. been some angry reviews Someone about reviews these the shutters. Keep them up. Keep up the. Well, we don't want tutters on this yeah. show. <laughs> it was kind of a, it was, it's one of my favorite negative reviews of all time because they're like, the worst part is the guys know football, but they say tutters. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it was thanks. in five layers deep of irony, which is probably the point because you can't understand because it's like I, nine I layers I, deep of irony. On my Tuesday stream, I once said that I wouldn't recognize Evan Ingram if he walked into my house. And someone said, oh, so you don't watch film? <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> I, wait, are, do, you, do you know what these guys look like? I have no idea what any of these guys look like. Except, now, Hang on, college. because you did break down Zach Wilson pretty good. His form, comparing him to, to baseball film. I mean, film. Uh, look, just I, to clear the air, Tutter is ironic. We're trying to get rid of it, though. Tutter, Tutty. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Trevor Lawrence, right. he got the ground, Tuddy. So, Sorry, you know, I, I think Minshew. Minshew has a nice floor just because he's in a really good um, offense, really capable offense, good offensive line uh, with 
AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, which I, 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 for my money, that's the best wide receiver tandem in the league. Uh, and, and, you know, so he's, he has that going for him, which is nice. The the matchup this week is, is not nearly as good because it's the saints and the saints it's at least play in a dome, but yeah. yeah, right. But I mean, they, they, they play ugly. The Cowboys really pushed the Eagles to, to keep their foot on the pedal and they obliged and we got, a, we got a great game out of Minshew. Um, you know, the, the saints are technically a pass funnel, um, and have been for most of the season, but I, I just, I think that this game could, uh, could be, you know, Minshew handing it off quite often in the second half as they, um, as the, the Eagles milk a lead. I'm not sure that they're going to really do what they did last week. Um, he, but you know, it, it's not the worst matchup in the world. New Orleans ranks 28th in pressure rate. So if he does pass a good amount, then he, you know, he should, he should be doing so from a clean pocket. I think he's fine. Um, and then you want to talk about him or you want me to go over to Mike White? Well, Crane, any thoughts you want to share on Gardner Minshew? You kind of did touch on a little bit earlier in the show, but any thoughts on Minshew against the Saints? No, I, I mean, I agree. I think volume is definitely a concern. We, we've seen the Eagles shift their identity, you know, based on matchup. Um, they could go run heavy against the Saints, which would be a little bit of a bummer, but uh, they they have a good offensive line, and then he's right. The, the Saints don't get to the passers, so downfield passing has been kind of their primary method of attack. I think Minshew's shown enough that we can, we can, I think he's, I think he's a very viable streamer. Definitely. So I did too. Denny, Michael White. At yeah. The Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. So my, you know, Mike White has, has a good matchup here against Seattle. Um, I think he has some touchdown regression coming his way. He his touchdown rate right now is 2.2% on the season. That's about half of what it was last season. Uh, you know, the, the jets have had a lot of, uh, play volume and particularly pass volume when he's under center or when anybody not named Zach Wilson. <laughs> true. They, they, they run 79 plays every yeah. non Zach Wilson star and throw 48 times. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the, the one, the one thing I would be aware of here with Mike white as a streaming option uh, is that, uh, you know, there are reports today, uh, which is Monday, possibly Tuesday uh, that the, that, the Chris Streveler package could grow mm. uh, in the, in the coming week. And he could, uh, he could see more snaps and possibly more rushes. And of course, a, a quarterback quarterback like that, you're, you're starting or you're using in the red zone or, or even the green zone. So uh, could be an issue for Mike White's touchdown production. And I see you do, you do tweet about quarterback packages growing. Oh, um, you have the Taysom package. You have yeah. the Straveler package. Are they, are, are they going to look similar to each other? We don't know. And you've, speaking of the Taysom Hill package growing, you've mentioned to someone that you wanted to talk about on the show. Oh, to, uh, I'm sorry. Speaking of the what? You wanted to talk about Taysom Hill, didn't oh, you? Yeah, there you go. Well, but yeah, but you know, as an eligible uh, for the uh, tight end spot in, in at least in Yahoo. Um, yeah, I, I have so much self doubt well, about this. He's like a tight end, like everywhere. Denny, aren't you going to announce the launch of your new site where Chris Strebler has tight end eligibility? <laughs> yeah, Pat, I, you don't understand how much I wanted that. I, I, I was, I was, was really, bummer. I was like frantically, sir. I was today, I was searching. Oh, is, is he tight end eligible anywhere? No, he's not. So, unfortunately, we can't, we, we don't get, we don't get a Driscoll Taysom uh Strebler week, uh, in week 17. That'd be fun. But yeah, Taysom, Taysom's still out there in almost half of leagues for some reason. I mean, uh, he's definitely rostered in your league. I, I get that. Uh, but, uh, you know, the rash of offensive injuries for the Saints, uh, you know, creating more opportunity for him, for Taysom Hill, um, has resulted in, let's see, uh, he has 35 rushing attempts in the past five games for the Saints. He played nearly half of the Saints offensive snaps in week 16 against Cleveland. Now that was you know, partly dictated by the weather, uh, although the wind didn't seem nearly as dramatic as people had described it. Oh, come and, on. Uh, it's, uh, it's annoying. It's annoying. You hear all week, oh, it's going to be 80 mile an hour, consistent winds, gusts, what are the, and you and you look, watch the game, there's nothing. There's nothing going. Man, you, even Patrick Brady. Mahomes got had passes getting batted down. I'm not talking Kansas about City. Kansas City. I'm talking about Cleveland. I'm talking about Cleveland. Why wasn't Cleveland a disaster? Like, I was no, wasn't they over 32 and a half and they went under? I'm I'm just saying the wind the winds weren't there. <laughs> it's it was, very it was, annoying. Uh, big uh, so Stanford, very good lawyers, by the way. Big look, I, big I do win. I do think I do think you're still playing Taysom as a top ten tight end. That sounds sort of reasonable. Um, I had him as the tight end. I had him as a tight end eleven last week, but that's because of how run friendly the conditions are going to be. Now they're going back to the dome. We're going back to a very brief break. 
Download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Denny, Tyler Algier had another solid game in week 16. I don't know if you can call it like an RB2 level performance, but caught some passes. I think had almost 80 yards in the ground yeah. again. Still under 50% rostered by our friends at Yahoo Sports. Yeah, man, he went way over 100 yards from scrimmage again. Uh, yeah. Pretty compelling ad for week 17, is he not? I am, I am, you know, slobbering over Tyler Algier's pro- prospects this week. They're playing the Cardinals. Cardinals have a banged up defense. They lost Buda Baker to a shoulder injury. Folks, you're you're playing. You have to find a way to play Tyler Algier. First of all, he's available in half of more than half of leagues. Even though I, I begged you to pick him up last week, his his workload was fantastic against the Ravens. Uh, Cordero Patterson was limited to 36 percent of Atlanta's snaps against uh, Baltimore, while Algier saw 22 touches for 120 yards. He led the backfield with a 55 percent route rate. We are in business, guys, with Tyler Algier. I, I'm very bullish on him in championship week. Crane, I see you nodding your head. Anything to add on Tyler Algier? Did, did Denny do too good of a job? Yeah, he did a great job. I mean, he's been great all season, Algier. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to say Denny. Well, <laughs> well, Denny's been great all season as well, but, but more so Algier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he has been he's the star just... of the Desmond Ritter show. He's been the star of the Desmond Ritter show for sure. And, you know, he's, yeah, he's, I think he, we talked about this last week, you know, it gives them a bit of the identity they're looking for. Yeah. They, they want to run it as much as they can. And the Cardinals aren't good against the run, even though everyone passes on him. And he, he was, the, he was the goal line back this past week. You know, he, he runs was, angry too. He's just got a little juice as a rookie Cordell Patterson seems to be kind of fading again. Um, he's got some real juice for the final two weeks, week 17 fantasy finals, then maybe week 18 in DFS. Denny, Stop me if you've heard this before. Strange goings on in the 49ers backfield where Jordan Mason entered the game with injury questions, then just like only played on special teams. And then Kyle Shannon was just like, he got on the stadium PA. It was like Tyrion Davis Price is RB2 now. Yeah. And that, that's exactly how he said it too. He said, is RB2 now? <laughs> and everyone in the crowd's like, all right, whatever. Like, sure, we'll go with it. It's kind of weird, but yeah, okay. Uh, is he worth adding at all or? Just too much shenanigans, not enough touches behind Christian McCaffrey. Right. I, no, I think it's the it's the latter there. Um, I mean, your your fantasy championship is this week. So, what are you, are you you're plugging Terry? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's kind of a uh, tough question. <laughs> no, no. I, it's I, if if your championship is week eighteen, uh, for some reason, maybe maybe go ahead and pick him up just in case. Um, but yeah, it looks like Jordan Mason is uh, no longer the guy to have behind CMC and. We knew that was coming. It was just a matter of time. We didn't quite know who it was. I was always afraid it was going to be Tevin Coleman, but it was. I was too. The Zoomers called TDP. I, I don't think Crane has anything to say. He's just nodding. Um, I mean, I mean, you, you know, <laughs> nothing to say. Really. Week, week, yeah. Week. All right, 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 right. No more TDP talk. Um, whoever put that in the agenda is fired. It was me. 
Jahan Dodson, Denny Carter, and Patrick Crane. 15 catches for 235 yards and three touchdowns over his past three games. But that was with Taylor Heineke and kind of his like YOLO down the field attitude, resulting in some downfield production, but far too many turnovers. They haven't officially announced the change yet, but it would appear Carson Wentz will be returning as the commanders desperately try to make the playoffs. Does this take the wind out of Jahan Dotson's wide receiver four sales? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think it's, it seems to be really good for Curtis Samuel, who was targeted relentlessly. I mean, like thirty-five percent target share. Like right. The second Carson Wentz gets under center. It's exactly. Obscene. So, I don't think that Dotson becomes like unplayable. Um, you know, like you said, as a wide receiver four. I mean, you're not asking, you're not expecting much there. But if you look at the the start of the season, the the difference was Washington was super pass heavy to start uh, the first three weeks. So you have targets of, you know, five, five and eight for Dotson to start the season. But when you take it into take an account into, uh, sorry, take into account the past heaviness of the commander's offense during that stretch, it's really not much, you know, it's very small target shares. So I, I do think the Heineke under center is good for Dotson better than, than Wentz, but really we should be talking about Curtis Samuel for this week. Should we do it? We have a viewer point out crane. Sorry. I get to you. So we have a viewer point. Well, Wentz was like chucking up some prayers to Jahan Dotson earlier in the season, but just like not a whole lot was happening with them. Yeah, he was getting in the end zone a little bit, but um, not very efficient. I forgot about like the Jahan Dotson early season touchdown binge. It might as well have been like in a different century, but it did happen. Well, Pat, take take a little victory lap here, calling the Christmas miracle that we were going to see Carson Wentz. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. It was it was bound to happen. They had been. Kind of some really just clunky uh, foreshadowing, really very heavy-handed by the author. But there, there was some really heavy Carson Wentz foreshadowing from the Commanders in the weeks leading up to Christmas. And yeah, Christmas was either saved or ruined, depending on your perspective, by Carson Wentz appearing <laughs> in the game for the Commanders. Well, I mean, they're getting a Browns defense next week. Uh, I don't think they clearly did not want to see Carson Wentz again. You know, their hand was a bit no. forced here. And I think they're going to try to limit passing. They had, they had mentally moved on from Carson Wentz for sure. They had. <laughs> yeah. The Browns are a run funnel. So mm-hmm. I think we'll, and the, the commanders are already a run first team. I think they could be very much a run first team this week. So that makes Dotson a little less interesting in general. And yeah, if it's not condensed, if we have to worry about not just McLaurin, but Curtis Samuel, that makes it a little, a little tough. Last player to bring up Christian Watson is day to day with a hip injury. Romeo Dobbs has been back for two weeks, had a little bit better game in week 16 than he did in week 15, eight catches for 91 yards playing the Vikings this week where teams really, really stack up passing production. Maybe even if Carson or excuse me, if Christian Watson plays the hip injury, he'll be limited. Romeo Dobbs well under 50% rostered. Do we like him as a championship week ad? I, I, uh, I'm coming around to it. You know, uh, he's available in, 83 percent of leagues which wow. is quite Seems a bit very high uh so yeah i mean i think that of course not in my league where he's been rostered since 2018 exactly yeah. in high school i get it but he uh it is it is you know unless i'm completely blanking on someone he's clearly dobbs is clearly the number one receiver off the uh waiver wire this week and it's a perfect matchup like uh the vikings are bleeding fantasy production to receivers mostly on the outside uh, rather than in the slot. And that's good. That's good for, that's good for Dobbs. If Watson is out, Dobbs becomes really interesting and, and definitely worth picking up. Yeah. I think of, sorry, Pat, I think if Watson's out, Dobbs is for sure the number one ad over Dotson. It's kind of with Dotson right now, but sorry, Pat, what were you going to say Romeo Dobbs? I was just going to note that his routes were way up this past week. He ran 10 routes in week 15 that jumped to 25 last week so you know i think that's a very strong sign um and that we could you know if, if watson's out he should be in an, a full-time role um and that does obviously make him a lot more interesting crane you may think the show's over but it's monday slash maybe tuesday that means we end the show by denny carter telling us who the kicker of the week for the upcoming week is denny's championships are now on the line for week 17 yeah. Who is going to be putting people over the top from the kicking position? Look, last week I talked about Riley Patterson and folks said, no, not playing Riley Patterson is going to be rainy in New York. I don't play kickers in the rain. I said, don't worry about the rain. You only worry about the wind. There's no wind. 
and he went on to make four of five. There was a field little goals. wind, by the way. Field, field goals, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. <laughs> uh, you, you just you know, you, you, just just let me let, let me exaggerate for a fact. Let Denny cook. Just let Denny cook. Yeah. Actually, is what it comes um, to. So yeah, I mean, you're 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 playing him again. Hey, you know why? Because the Jaguars play the Houston Texans, and the Texans are reportedly very bad. And the Jags' uh, offense is cooking at the moment, so there should be plenty of going up and down the field for the Jags. The Texans are allowing uh, two field goals uh, per game. Uh, Patterson had two field goals in his previous game against the Texans. You're staying on it. If you, if you have them. If you have Riley Patterson and you're in line, stay in line and play <laughs> Riley Patterson in Week 17. You didn't even mention it was in a dome. It's in a dome. So perfect. I mean, yeah, sure. That's that is another reason for sure. Surprised you didn't mention Joey Sly against the Cleveland Browns. Usually, Joey Sly is your fallback. I, you know, I'm, we're on to Riley Patterson. We are. It's Riley Patterson season. It's end of podcast season. It's Monday or is it Tuesday? We just don't know. But you must check out Denny Carter's waiver wired article on Tuesday morning. Patrick Rain's getting going on the walkthrough. I think he's waiting for for data or something. I know Monday. I do, Mondays I do a, generally start Tuesday morning. Yeah. It's a, a tough time for Pat as he just waits and waits and waits for data <laughs> and just hitting refresh. Over I do over just refresh it endlessly yeah. until it's yeah. here. <laughs> so, so badly wants his data. So if you have it, please run it by his apartment. And I forget, do you, you live in Brooklyn, right? Not Manhattan, right? I live in Brooklyn. Yeah. Take it to Brooklyn, yeah. drop it off. The data delivery is a little slower here. Yeah. The data delivery to Patrick Crane in Brooklyn, New York. Um, so check out those articles of the early rankings up on Tuesday. Be back with another podcast with Kyle Dvorak and Lawrence Jackson, where we discuss week 17's toughest rankings. Keep it locked on the site. It'll be a week of big news as we follow a situation like Tua Tagovailoa in the concussion protocol. So for Denny Carter, for Patrick Rain, I am Patrick Darty. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back later this week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.